Save the Parents, a novel by Bill Lapp. Gentle listener, let me just say that I've been much more busy lately than anticipated. I don't want to leave you storyless, so I'm going to do a very short chapter this morning and hope that that will carry you through until I can get the next big thing done. This, of course, ties in with Wendell and Rosie jetting off to their author's brains. So, chapter 24, The Mystery Deepens. Terry's author, a woman named Angie Montrose, was a forlorn sort of person. She griped to scribble. I was deleting the elephant scene, the one you said was stupid. I never said it was stupid, scribble protested. I said you might want to reflect on changing it. Anyway, Angie Montrose continued, I was deleting the scene without really looking at it. I cannot bear to see my carefully crafted words deleted, so I was barely watching, but I swear I saw the name Stephen get smacked off the word elephant by the word Henri. Terry's parents were flying and flopping all about, coming in and out of the picture as if someone were tossing them. And then, a couple of seconds later, the word Rosie slipped in from the margin. After that, the whole file crashed, down the tube with a dose of Drano, collapsed into a heap. Angie Montrose had truth be told, been debating making some major changes in her novel. Maybe getting rid of evil Aunt Belinda altogether. Maybe getting rid of the elephants and maybe revealing that Terry was really the daughter of the cashier in the story. Angie's own mother had been a cashier. Angie found herself dwelling more and more on the cashier's story. It was almost as if the cashier was becoming more real, independent of Angie. In fact, Angie had been daydreaming various scenarios with Terry and the cashier when the book had begun to collapse. Angie's childhood and young adult memories drifted through her mind all the time. The whole thing stuck in her brain like a rained-out picnic. She wanted to give Terry what she had never had, love and happiness. She knew the elephants were stupid, but people so often told her that her ideas were stupid that she was sometimes loath to admit it to herself. Maybe, W.E.X., Wendell's author, joked darkly, we should be at a mystery writer's conference instead of a young reader's conference. Natalia Bluengloom, Rosie's author, stared daggers at Scribble. Natalia's black eyelids sank and opened in a slow blink. Her black lips puckered. She jangled one of her black earrings with what remained of a gnawed and gnarled black fingertip. I think Scribble is orchestrating all this funky monkey business. She's the only person who has access to all of our stories. She's the only one emailing all of us. I don't have a recent email from Scribble, Angie admitted. Scribble was aghast at the accusation. I am not trying to destroy your books. My latest book imploded too, as you all well know. The whole program just seized and froze up on me. Harumph, harumph, Natalia. My words, my precious words are lost. Poor, poor Rosalita stranded, helpless, marooned to Mr. Grief. Her parents tragically killed. She trailed off, her eyes opened wide. She coughed once, looked confused, and stated, Gloff. You simply have to rewrite them, W.E.X. offered encouragingly as he could. Natalia glared at him. She scowled as if deep in thought. She opened her mouth to speak. Her lips moved, but no sound emerged. And then she sing-songed, Swizzle, mm, nop, schmoozin. The other authors tilted their heads or stared at her. Natalia, they had all concluded, was an odd bird, but this behavior was abnormally abnormal. Natalia, asked Scribble, are you okay? Wendell was fascinated by his author's brain. He'd been here before, sure. He'd been born, so to speak, in his author's brain. He had, however, never been conscious of being in his author's brain until this moment. 
It was incredible. He floated from lobe to lobe. He sought out new hemispheres and used ridges as bridges. Wendell could see out of W.E.X.'s eyes or hear out of his ears, depending on where he sailed or tarried. Presently, Wendell heard what he was certain was a thought. The vibrations of the thought thrummed through Wendell like the resonations of a kettle drum. He heard, or felt, W.E.X. think, Why, she's as batty as a hitting coach. Did she just say, swizzle, mm, knob, schmoozin'? Wendell sailed through W.E.X.'s brain, searching for a location from which he could both hear and see. Maybe not sailed. He passed through some parts of the brain as though walking in heavy fog, but other parts were denser, like walking underwater, and everything was damp and kind of gross. Peter, a veteran of Scribble's brain, knew exactly where to position himself. He watched as Scribble glanced at the fire burning in the hearth and her pupils contracted. Peter always enjoyed looking out of her eyes as the pupils changed sizes, or when she refocused. Scribble looked back at Natalia as she transitioned from gibberish to nonsense. He heard Scribble think, Why do I teach these workshops? Natalia looked at the group of authors and announced with certainty, Ickle, pickle, cold, automobile, I am the king of Spain, I am a flying dolphin, William Henry Harrison was our greatest president. Orem Hunter, Henri's author, shook his head in wonder. What? Natalia, that doesn't make any sense. How could William Henry Harrison be our greatest president? He only served 32 days as president. Natalia looked at Orem. She blew him a kiss and shouted, Fortune cookie! She dropped her head on the table. It hit with a kerdunk and bounced, which resulted in a smaller kerdunk when it hit again. Rosie bounced around in her brain. Peter surveyed the entirety of the shenanigans showcase with a smile on his face. It was brilliant. And when it was over, he thought himself back to where his band of rogue characters encamped.